0: You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Well, good morning. You know, we've got this week and then we've got next week and then the following week on the 19th, we will be back together in the Dean's Trust in the school. I honestly can't wait. I just can't wait to be back with you together. Think how long it has been. But equally, let's, let's make these next two weeks count. I think it's so important that we acknowledge the moment we're in and the opportunity that we have. We never wanted to be a church of spectators but participants. You know, membership really is involvement. You may never have been in this church in person. But I just want to encourage you, come and be part of it in this stage, in this season. Come and join a team. You might have only been with us for one week, two weeks, even online. But we want to invite you, come and join a team. You know, if you have the sense, even just the sense, that this might be the church that you want to be part of, come and join a team. Because Jesus calls us to be servants and so we invite you to come and serve. The next chapter will take all of us creating environments for us to come together and to be family. You know, you don't don't just be a guest, come and join and be a host. You only ever go to something once as a guest. After that, surely you're as much a part of things as everyone else. I have seen it time and time and time again that the best way to feel part of something is to take ownership, to build relationship. The best way to get to know people is to take part in the discipleship journey, and part of that is joining a team. Honestly, discipleship isn't a program or a course. It's a lived out relationship that is shaped through service and engagement alongside others. You might be thinking, well, I don't don't know anyone. Well, I want to say that's absolutely fine because the best way for you to get to know people is to join a team. And as you give of yourself, it's going to be far easier for you to get to know people. It will feel less awkward. You might be thinking, well, I've got young children. Well, I want to say equally, let them join you in serving. It's a wonderful opportunity to show them what it is to serve and to give them an outlet to actually do it. I I really mean that. Honestly, young children can easily become a barrier for you. Honestly, I want to say don't let it be that. There is nothing more welcoming than having um, a child with you on a welcome team. You might have them in a baby carrier, but but babies at that age, they're a people magnet. It's so important, particularly in that stage, that you don't relationally disconnect in that season of your life. So I want to encourage you to throw yourself in. You might be thinking, well, I serve in other ways at other times. Well, can I say honestly, thank you so much for all that you do and all that you give, but also come and join in. Can I invite you to join in and serve in the family on a Sunday? Well, it's a bit inconvenient for me. You know, I work a really hard during the week. I have a long week. Well, the, the right thing isn't always the easy thing. Don't consume something. Come and contribute to it. We're a family because we create family. We've been given much and therefore much is expected of us and asked of us. I don't actually think once a month is that big an ask, to be honest with you. I love the fact that we're a church community that is going to ask something of you. Over time, we're going to ask you to join in, to join us as we serve the city, to join us as we serve others and each other. I'm unashamed about that and I actually think it's really healthy for you. So come and join in, come and be part of it. You know, in this moment that we're currently in where hardly anyone has seen anyone, most people are new. Come and join in, come and form community, come and step into community. Don't let it pass you by. This is your way in. And this is your way maybe back in for some of you. Sorry if I've offended some of you by how I've said that like that. But honestly, hear the heart with which I share it. I want to fight for you to be involved. I want to fight for your discipleship. And actually, that means really involvement because it's caught rather than taught. We have to know you to grow you. So come and be known. I hope that's helpful just to start by sharing that. But, you know, I've noticed something over the summer that I think I've always known it i've just noticed it more in stark reality that sometimes it's just revealed more in a way that's so obvious that it captures so captures your attention over it again and it's the basic principle that this those that place themselves close to what the father is doing see what the father is doing. Now, I know that's really obvious to say that, but I don't think it's always obvious in how we live our lives. So if someone says to me something like, I've never seen anyone healed, I'm like, well, go and pray for some people to be healed. Come back when you've prayed for a 100 people and let's chat about it. Because the more you throw yourself into environments where the father is stirring and moving, the more you're going to see. Let me give you an example. I was recently in 422 and uh, I'd only been there for a couple of minutes and I had two conversations with separate people who happened to be two very different people. I mean, of course, people, <laughs> two people are different people. But what I mean by that is they're completely different personality types. And yet neither of them could stop telling me story after story after story. I didn't even ask them. They just told me. You know, I would have asked them, but I didn't have a chance to ask them because by the time I got round to it, they'd already just blurted out story after story after story of what God was doing. And it was just bubbling up and overflowing from within them. They were alive with what's happening. You know, it was like I made this connection and then this happened and I was chatting with them and this is happening and this is going on. And we've got these opportunities with these people, you know, hearing the stories kind of just made my spirit leap because they were kingdom stories. They're what I would call the God moments, the Jesus moments. Moments where the reign and rule of God extends and expands. And as a result, they were just overflowing with the conversation. You know, there was life in the stories that they were telling, but therefore there was life in them as a result. You know, I've always believed it. If you place yourselves in environments like that, you will see stuff. Like that. I guess what I want to talk about briefly today is having a hunger for God, hungering after God. I believe so much that we should be and need to be people that pursue God and pursue the extension of his kingdom. I have to say, this isn't gonna be a thing that is done to you. You have to choose to take active steps yourself. So how's it gonna look? How are we gonna do that? This isn't about somebody else's journey and somebody else's faith walk. This is about you and yours. Others might inspire you. They might encourage you. They might cheer you on. But ultimately, you have to take active ownership and responsibility for you and yours. As we led into August, I've been doing this series called Led to the Lost, looking predominantly at reflections from the book of John. I've got to say, honestly, I haven't been able to put down the book of John. It's just so, so rich. I found myself dwelling on it again and again and again and uh, at times with stories that are familiar and the familiar stories and interactions that Jesus had with people, but often just seeing it in new light and seeing new light shone on them. And as we lean into this new chapter as a church, this new term and this new season of life as a church, as we head towards this next chapter of the pandemic, as we start to come back together and physically meeting together in person in just a few weeks, what I want to do today is prepare our hearts for what's ahead. And my longing is that that would be a hunger after God. You know, as I read this one story in John chapter 4, I saw three things happening. And it's kind of this. Jesus does three things. He exposes, he offers, and he promises. He exposes, he offers, and he promises. The question he asked this lady at the well is is this. He says to her, are you thirsty? What he does is he exposes her spiritual thirst. He offers her living water. And he promises her lasting satisfaction. He exposes, offers and promises. And I think actually, if I'm honest, I think he does it all the time. It's just our ability to acknowledge it and respond to it that either limits us or launches us into our full potential. If you've got a Bible, I'm just going to read it from John chapter 4, starting in verse 7. And you might want to read with me. If not, um, I'm going to read it. Uh, So John chapter 4 starting in verse 7 it says there soon a samaritan woman came to draw water and jesus said to her please give me a drink he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food the woman was surprised for jews refused to have anything to do with samaritans she said to jesus you're a jew and i'm a samaritan woman why are you asking me for a drink jesus replied If only you knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and the well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? And how can you offer better water than he and his sons and animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon be thirsty again but those who drink the water i give will never be thirsty again it becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them giving them eternal life please sir the woman said give me this water then i'll never be thirsty again and i won't have to come to get water go and get your husband jesus told her i don't have a husband the woman replied jesus said you're right you don't have a husband for you have five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. So here's what's going on. First, first thing is this exposes spiritual first. He asks her for a for a drink. She responds in shock, and he transitions the conversation to a spiritual one. Can I just try and um. And make what I've said really clear, because I think this is so important. Verse 7, please give me a drink. He's thirsty. He finds a practical way to engage in the conversation with her. She responds back in shock. Verse 9, the woman was surprised for Jews refused refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Verse 10, Jesus transitions the conversation to a spiritual one. So important. Jesus replied, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. He asks her for a drink. She responds in shock. He transitions the conversation to a spiritual one. See, Jesus uses the culture, the circumstantial environment. He uses the physical need to give her a jolt to expose her spiritual first every day ordinary life he's tired he needs a drink seconds later he's opening the conversation to who he is and how he can help her we take our everyday ordinary lives our jobs our friendships our relationships our interactions people we've known for years people we've only just met and we seek ways to cause them To collide with Jesus to stir their curiosity she responds in shock some people you chat with might respond in shock it might be shock or it might be to mock you know as much as it's for others I also I just think this is for you he'll try and find ways for your world to collide with him is Jesus trying to do that right now in your life and your circumstances he's trying to interrupt you he's trying to get your attention That can happen in numerous ways, but if we're not listening, he's going to keep doing that. He wants to get your attention and ultimately your affection. Verse 11, she says, But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. This well is very deep. Where are you going to get this living water? He needs her to understand her need for it. That's the place he's trying to take her to. Listen, all of us are thirsty. All of us hunger after things. What are you thirsting for? What are you hungry for in this moment? You know, is it security? Is it stability and friendships? What right now has become your driving force? I want to expose the first and seek that nothing limits or confuses it. No hurt, no upbringing, no spoken word would cause you to step back or step away from all that the Father has for you. Because he's seeking to unlock, uncover and release in you, spiritual first. That's what I'm longing for, for you today. Some of you will have tried your way. You know, the pain of your marriage, the pain in your heart. This woman at the well sees the problems and she can't access the solutions. Verse 11, she says, But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. The well's very deep. I don't know, I wasn't there, but almost scoffing in her tone. The, The humanness of her response is... I, I can't see potential, I just see problems. You don't have a rope or a bucket, the well's deep. It's like, What are you talking about? Do some of us carry such a scepticism for what might be when we approach the Lord? But also there's times where you've tried to reach or meet the longing in your heart, the frustration, the pain, the anxiety, potentially, of the, of the pandemic. Nobody saw or understood my need. Nobody related to me in the way that I needed. You know, Jesus is seeking to uncover inners spiritual first. You might not respond with shock, but you might respond with frustration, with anger, with mistrust, with confusion. You might not even be able to respond. You might have dulled the pain and become numb to it. You might expect nothing to happen because you felt nothing in response before. You know, I want to say, regardless of how you find yourself, he's trying to transition you to the point that the conversation of how you're living and what you're seeing moves to a spiritual standpoint. If only you knew, he says, the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. See, people attempt to quench their thirst in so many ways. In this particular passage, Jesus cuts to the heart of this woman and her search for happiness. Jesus says, go and tell your husband. You know, and she says, I don't have one. And he says, you're right. You don't. You've got five and also a boyfriend. She's attempted to quench her thirst through relationships. She's moved from having one bad relationship to another, from one bed to another. You might say, well, I I, I don't do that. I'm not like her. It might not be like that, but it might be something else. Where are you seeking to have your first met? Is it pornography? You know, it might be spending. Some people just need to spend the next thing, the latest thing. It might be having an inward focus. Me, 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 my time, my money, my family. In the way that i need it first for some experience some person some position that will satisfy you yet everything we turn to will leave us empty and longing for more unless it's jesus and jesus alone well what's next well he offers how does he offer he offers a living Water, She says, well, where okay, what, where do I get this living water that you're talking about? I think we all ask that question. Where can I find the thing that satisfies me? Whether you said it all, out loud or not, I think it's a question that we all ask. Verse 10, Jesus replied, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who you're speaking to. He's got a gift, but he's also willing to give it. It's not just a gift. It's a person behind it. It says you would ask me and I would give you the living water. If you miss it, he says it again. Verse 14, but those of you who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. You know, we've got two guinea pigs. I think I've told some of you this before. Our children dearly love them. That's a story in itself. I could tell you a lot about it. I'll spare you. But I'm not sure I've told all of you. This, that the two guinea pigs we've got right now are not actually the two guinea pigs that we started lockdown with. You know, one of them is, do you see what I mean? A Bit of a delicate conversation, but one of them moved on, for want of a better phrase. And the one um, that had to join us, let's be very clear about this, because I've been told this numerous times, it is not a replacement for our dear little Snowy that moved on because she is irreplaceable. So we honor her memory, but we also have now a different one in her place. Anyway, most days what we do is we move them from the hutch and we move them out into the run in the garden where they can run around a bit and eat the grass in the run. Of course we do that because it saves us a small fortune because they're not eating the hay that we have to buy, they're eating the grass that is free. It's not just a heart stand i tell you anyway we put them on the grass in their little run and what, what we do is we put a little cover over them because they like to feel safe and secure so we've got this little blue house that goes over them i call it a house it's basically just a bit of plastic but there's nothing on the bottom of it so they're under this little blue house thing but they're still on the grass and um what that what they do is they stay in the safety and the comfort of that, even though they could go in a wider run, and they eat every single blade of grass in that area. So when we take them away at the end of the night and put them back in the hutch, I've just got this bare patch of soil. And uh, so my new trick was to put a towel under that blue thing and put them on the towel to try and encourage them out. But after a while, what they started to do was just like get under the towel, hide under there, and again, just eat every blade of grass from the safety of their little um, hush thing. So, w- whatever happens, even though they've got like this wide area they could eat grass from, they stay within the confines of this tiny little blue house left. To our own devices, I think we do a very similar thing in our faith and in life. We stay in the comfort and the confines of where we are rather than going to the places we could be or should be or the Lord encourages us to go. Does that make sense? I think we stay in the comfort of the goldfish bowl rather than exploring the wide open ocean. We try and satisfy ourselves in the places and spaces that sometimes we're not meant to. And we're not meant to stay within. Jesus made it clear to the Samaritan woman that joy and satisfaction can be found in him and in him alone. Honestly, if I can do anything, can I encourage you to let this be the time? Let this be the season that you quench your thirst in the one and only place that will satisfy it. Hunger after God and God alone, without a doubt. Without a doubt, for some of you, that is going to mean you've got to make some lifestyle choices and lifestyle changes. To become more like that, to put yourself in that place of all that he has for you and calling you to. Final thing, let me say this. He promises. What does he promise her? He promises her lasting satisfaction. Here's here's the picture that Jesus paints, that every man and woman is in desperate need. Um, in and is desperate and has a life and death situation. You see, spiritually, we're like travellers lost in the desert. We need help and the only hope we have for life is water. And we try over and over and over again to find that water. We return to the same person, to the same activities that, you know, this could work, that could work, to the same religious system, hoping to find the solution. And sometimes we think we found it. For a while, it seems like we've stumbled on water that's going to quench the thirst in me that needed quenching. But before long, we realise that what we thought was the solution is not. So we start looking again. We search desperately for something, anything that will dull the thirst, that will, you know, even if it's only for a moment, yet all we can find apart from Jesus. Is something that doesn't satisfy or fulfil. It's like salt water. We, you know, We think it's going to help, but in the end we end up being more thirsty and more perched. C.S. Lewis says it this way. He says, it's the ever-increasing craving for the ever-diminishing pleasure. We've all done it. We've all sought it. We still do in so many ways. But Jesus offers this living water that not only quenches the thirst and we can always have access to, But it becomes a bubbling spring within us, the source itself of nourishment. God is most glorified in us when we're most satisfied in him. Only Jesus can quench your thirst. Whatever you crave, whatever you're looking for, whatever you're longing for, whatever the need you hit is that you have. Only Jesus can provide it. I want to say don't drink from other wells. Don't drink from the idols or the substitutes. That will not fully quench you. Come and drink the living water that only He offers, that will not only satisfy, but will become a bubbling spring within you. Let's maximize this time because we want to use this time to be people that solely focus on our hunger, longing, and desire to chase after the things of God and the things alone of God. Why why don't we just pray? Let's just have a moment. Let's just spend some time seeking exactly that. For some of you, I think just, just now what the Lord wants to do is expose some of those things in you. You've got to let him teach you, soften you to allow them to become things that you become aware of. Lord, what is it in our hearts right now that you want to expose and you want to minister to? Or we want to make time and space for that. Where, where we've chosen the wrong thing and the wrong things, the wrong people. And, and I want to just encourage you, to come and drink again spirit of the living god fall afresh upon us we come to the fountain we come to the source we come to the well and we drink of your living water which will and does satisfy lord in this season in this moment some of us have have been you have an upset to reset i believe that's happened to loads of you you know we've been thrown off course And this is just a moment to come back and realign. I pray, Lord, minister to us in that way. I think some of you, what I started talking about at the beginning, that you've counted yourself out, you've sat on the fringes, you've sat on the edge, you've picked up, even in the last 18 months, some wounds and bruising and traits that have caused you to just step back I just want to pray you. This is, this is a moment to join in. Come and join in all that he has for you. Release something on you and over you. Spirit of God, speak to us now. Don't take this lightly. Don't take this for granted. Come and engage in the ministry of the Holy Spirit of all that he wants to do on us and in us. Don't don't doubt your doubts, don't doubt the Lord. Let him speak to you now, let him minister to, to you now. You know, we'd love you to join us next week. We're just on that final week together online. We're going to explore some stuff around 422 that I believe is one we want to celebrate, two we want to look forward to all that's ahead as a springboard to serve this city together. We'd love you to join us for that. But just right now in this moment, I just want to... Allow you time and space to let the Lord minister to you. We'll leave some gentle music playing as we do that. Thank you for joining us. We hope you have a good week and we we look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.